Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A day of football yesterday. How much fun was that? I mean, we talked about it on Friday. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the giant and growing Locked On Network. Urge you to check out all your favorite teams. Um, but back to, you know, yesterday was fantastic. I mean, I, I, I know it's cool to bash the NFL nowadays and... This is an inferior product, and I don't, you know, these guys aren't what they used to be, and this is unwatchable, and too many penalties. Well, yesterday was quite the opposite, to say the least, and uh, that was something we we talked about on Friday. Was man, this is a very competitive slate of games. I mean, no one's watching Rams Jets, but it wasn't an easy game to pick, you know. And we're going to touch on the we're going to touch on the top games, obviously. Um, let's just dig right into last night's game. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see that coming. You know, I had picked the, the, the Patriots for basically for the reason of it being in New England, them coming off a bye, Seattle coming off a short week after playing Monday night and then having to travel cross country. But as you know, through my power ranks, basically the entire season, I've had the Patriots one, Seattle at two. And I still, and with all respect to Dallas, Dallas is great, and we're going to get to that game, of course, too. I still think this, if I had to put a chip down of what I think the Super Bowl will end up looking like, I think it'll be Seattle, New England. Again, that's not a knock on Dallas at all. And I've said that since, you know, the preseason. That's been my expectation every step of the way, and I'm still pretty much on board. And Seattle now looks like, a very, very dangerous team. And if you start with, you know, what do we see when they had the ball? Wilson didn't have the uh, the ankles, ankle braces on. His, you know, he still has a knee brace, but he doesn't have the ankle braces on. He looks to be getting a little healthier each and every week. And that's gigantic for him. You know, he, he's moving around much better. He's extending plays, still throwing very well. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but last year, everyone wanted to blame Jimmy Graham. That when Jimmy Graham went out last year, all of a sudden the Seattle offense stepped up and was dynamic and phenomenal. And Wilson was an MVP type guy the second half of the season. Well, I think it was more coincidence than you know a cause and effect thing with with Graham. Wilson really learned to play from the pocket, and this injury has kind of forced him to play from the pocket this year. And I don't think he's gotten the credit he's deserved up till this point for how well he's played. Despite an offensive line that was really, really struggling, I think that offensive line is improving as it does every year. Um, Pats don't rush the passer real well anyways, but still, uh, I do think Seattle's line is starting to come together. And if it can be not a massive liability, that's all they really need. And he's had no running game whatsoever to lean on. Um, that's starting to change. So I think Wilson has been a constant, and him working from the pocket is what he does extremely, extremely well right now. And if you look at this offense up until this point of the season, 
Baldwin and Graham have really been constants too. You know, consistent producers, uh, Wilson favorites, and I don't think that's going to change. They're both high-quality players. But now there's two new dudes, and Tyler Lockett, who's been a big-time favorite of mine, um, he was injured early in the season. I expected more of a breakout year from him. You know, he was a fantasy darling of mine and all those things. Um, but he looked the best I thought he's played yet. And he looks like his normal explosive self. That's gigantic for these guys. As a complimentary piece. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to catch 10 passes a week or anything. But then CJ Proslice was really the story here too. You know, that he's went to Notre Dame, played some safety, was mostly a receiver, Late switch to running back. I think they had a couple running backs get injured at Notre Dame, and that's why they made the switch to there. And he's more of a, you know, I mean, he's a bigger guy for a receiver. I mean, he's a 220, 230-pound type, type of player. But he has some David Johnson similarities that way, too, in that he's a bigger back with really good receiving skills as soon as he enters the league. You know, like, he didn't have to teach him that part of things. You know, there's still concerns about his... His blitz pickup and his ability to protect at this level, and that will take some time. But he was making people miss as a runner. He's going to get a lot of touches, I think, going forward. He showed that last night. You know, they, they still could have Rawls coming back. I still think Michael's a good player. Seattle's loaded with weaponry, and they have the quarterback to get the ball to where it needs to be, too, and as well as make plays on his own. And, you know, looking at the Patriots, um, still not a lot of pass rush. Young guy Trey Flowers is somebody that I was talking up in the preseason. He's getting more snaps, and you know, it looks like he could do some good things with that. Pat's secondary really struggled, which goes goes hand in hand on what I was saying about you know the, the weapons that Seattle throws at you now. Uh, Logan Ryan, in particular, I thought got picked on a lot and didn't hold up all that well. Um. Uh, this defense needs to be better. It, it needs to be better. And I think it's easy to talk about the Patriots, the narrative of the Patriots up and point up until this point of the season and say, they're the best team in the league. They're going to roll all over everybody. Brady, Gronk, Belichick, you know, they're awesome. The AFC is not very good. All those things are true, but their defense is league average. You know, I mean, it's, uh, they, they are better in the red zone. They don't let up a ton of points, which obviously is the key, but it's not a great group right now. And, you know, I I, I don't want to bash Belichick at all, but I bet they'd be better with Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins. Anyways, on the other side of the ball, the big blunt day, and he looked great. Um, I thought, I mean, you know, he scored a lot of short touchdowns, and so, you know, you've done your fantasy team, you're super excited about him. But I thought he was, you know, really, really impressive, dragging tacklers, playing like he usually does. Odd decision not to give it to him, you know, kind of a reverse of fortunes from the Super Bowl, not to give it to him late in the game, down by on the goal line. Um, so be it. No more, no Bennett. It would have been cool to see the Bennett brothers go after each other, by the way. But anyways, no Michael Bennett for Seattle. Um, the defense is still good. It's great when he's in there. That's another little carrot, you know, looking ahead for Seattle that they'll get him back at some point sooner than later. I think he's a massive difference difference maker that's still out there looming. Without him, they're, they're good up front, and the front seven's good. It's just not as elite. Um, a big thing in this one was 
Cam Chancellor spent a lot of time, and you're seeing more man coverage from Seattle than we have in the past, too. And yeah, remember, it's a different coordinator. Um, Chancellor played a lot of man coverage and was following Gronk around heavily. And he certainly has the body type physicality to do that. You know, he's never considered a great coverage player. And you don't want him guarding Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown. But, you know, a 270-pound Gronk, he can hang with him pretty well. That's, that's a pretty decent matchup. And Gronk still did some good things, of course. And that last play of the game... I was happy there was not a flag. I thought that Gronk initiated contact as much as Chancellor, or, you know, it was a good no call. I give the refs credit on that one. Um, but Bennett has a big day, though. You know, just to show you how the, the, the how the Patriots work, well, okay, Gronk's getting slowed down or has a matchup that's not super exciting for him. Well, Martellus Bennett's going to get his then. And the Patriots are going to be very hard to stop on offense. I mean, I think you need to look at them and say, they're going to put 20 to 30 on us every week, no matter what we do, even if we play our best game on defense. Um, but Seattle is the better team in this game, and I, I do think there's a very good chance of a rematch. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. In another heavyweight fight, and that's going to sound very Steeler Homer-ish, considering they're not even a 500 team, might not make the playoffs. But I still look at them as a team capable of winning it all or beating the big dogs in any given day. And Dallas is really as big a dog as there is. You know, I mean, I, I just said I like those other two teams' chances of going to the Super Bowl slightly above Dallas. But there's three great teams in the league right now, and it's New England, Seattle, and Dallas. Um, and Steelers played them very evenly. They lost in the end. Uh, they got up early in this game, which I thought was a huge key. It was something I talked about all week around here that I want to see Prescott having to play from behind. If you're the Steelers, you do not want to go in the first quarter down 10 or 14 nothing and have to and just get bludgeoned the rest of the game with that running attack. And Prescott was more than up for the challenge. I mean, he, he played really, really well. Um, this sounds terrible, but I think he's been a little bit overrated. You know, that uh, I'm not, you know, rubber stamping him into the Hall of Fame or as the next Roger Staubach. You know, I mean, I still think he's a piece of the puzzle and not, you know, the, the engine. And I thought this was the best showing that he's had yet in, in terms of never being, this is too big for me or, you know, never being uncomfortable. Uh, the Steelers don't rush the passer well. They rush the passer very crappily, to be honest with you. But they blitzed a high percentage, and they got pressure with some, you know, a little bit of pressure on him. He handled that well. Um, the key from, you know, Jason Witten, I, I looked at Witten early in the season and thought he was done. And then he blows up against the Browns last week, and I'm like, well, the Browns are like the worst team in the league against tight ends. Witten still, you know, knows how to beat up on teams. Not the Steelers are great against tight end or against anybody, 
Um, but he looks better now than he did at the beginning of the season, too. And that's an underrated component of this offense, too, that, you know, the typical chain-moving guy uh, when the chips are down, just like Romo used them, Hall of Famer all day long, you know. So um, that's an interesting point. But in terms of the passing game, Des Bryant was Des Bryant in this game. And that to me, that's the next step of, wow, look out. You know, this is a really good offense. But there's there could run into a team that shuts down the run. But now with Des and to a lesser degree Witten, you know, Beasley's always been there, but his role's going to decrease a little because these guys are stepping up. Um, Artie Burns has really struggled for the Steelers. And Dez ate him up, but Dez is a great player and playing at that level, which is gigantic. Um, Cowboys offensive line does what they did. And in this case, it was more the right side of the line than the left. And, and you know, the, the Doug Free and his side as opposed to Tyron Smith. Still, the, the line did a really good job. Elliott had a lot of yardage before contact. And... and you know, I mean, the two, the last, I want to talk about the last two touchdown runs. Well, first of all, the screen that he took to the house for 80-some yards or whatever that was, was brilliant and really set up well. You know, great play design, excellent execution by all 11 Cowboys on the field. That was really pretty. And then you see his speed, you know, that track speed, which is rare for a 225-pound back, especially with his physicality. I mean, he's a beast. He's a great player. Um, his second touchdown... I think I'm out on a limb here, but I think the Steelers let him go in. You know, they were, was near the end of the game. And to me, it was the right call. And to be honest, I'm not sure that even crossed Tomlin's mind. But allowing him to score there as opposed to letting the Cowboys just grind the ball down and kick a field goal and you never give Ben another shot, to me, was the wrong decision. Letting him score, putting the ball in Ben's hands, was the right decision, and it paid off. You know, Roth, by the way, Roethlisberger was unbelievable in the end of that game. The, set, the fourth quarter, he was as good as I've ever seen him. And he did his job, went down and scored, and then the defense let up again, and Elliott busted the last one for the the, the, you know, the game winner, which is an amazing last couple minutes of the game, too. And the whole game was really good. Um, the other aspect of that though was the Steelers just blew that I mean they they crowded the line of scrimmage and and Elliott burst through the first level and there was no second or third level and boom he was gone so I thought Elliott was unbelievable and but I do think some of his that his yardage were a little bit inflated you know that um I didn't think he was as great as I've seen you know I, I I didn't think that he was the best player on the field even though his you know you had him on your fantasy team and you won your week type of deal because he, he busted some long ones and there were some some different circumstances there. But the the Dak-Dez situation, I thought, was a really strong one for them. On the other side, well, I mean, the reality is in this game, the stars came to play. You know, Ben, Bell, Brown, Elliott, Dak, Dez, everybody, that, you know, everybody you wanted to come see. And if you talk about the defenses, Steelers... Struggled in both phases, you know, I mean, again, I thought their run defense overall was a little better than the numbers indicate, but still not nearly good enough. Struggled to get to the passer and in coverage. Um, Dallas against the pass was horrible. I mean, I, I thought their secondary got totally over overmatched. They don't rush the passer well either, but they stopped the run pretty well. So, 
in a way that was sort of the difference. Um, I love the head-to-head battle of Le'Veon Bell and Elliott. You know, watching those two, uh, I think they're probably the best two running backs in the league right now. Um, where did I jot this down? Those two combined for 343 yards and five touchdowns between Bell and Elliott, and deservedly so, you know, against weaker defenses. And, you know, a lot of it was through the air, you know, two-way players. So, again, a really good game. Um, I mentioned how strong Roethlisberger was at the end in, in particular, but really the whole game. Um, I loved the Dan Marino fake spike uh, for the touchdown, executed beautifully. Everyone standing around and Antonio Brown scoring. I mean, the, the stars came out to play. And, you know, the Steelers are now below 500. Uh, again, I think they can be a dominant team. I could, uh, They could win the Super Bowl. But, man, I mean, there's too many inconsistencies. Oh, and we got to talk about the two-point conversions. That Tomlin went for uh, four two-point conversions, never try, tried a point-after attempt, to, you know, extra point. And that, that, I'm cool with that early. You know, I mean, early on you get up, we're going to try to score here. But then chasing it, I think, is the mistake. That, well, we, we didn't get it last time, so we now we have to get it this time to get to 14. I think when you start thinking that way is where it's flawed. And I really thought on the third one, I was like, why are you even bothering there? Not that it can't get done, but um, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the Cowboys have won you know, a bunch of games in a row and are rolling. Uh, they look like they're destined for a bye, probably the top seed in the NFC. Awesome. I mean, it really is. It's awesome stuff. Next game, let's talk Eagles-Falcons. Big win for the Eagles and an impressive win for the Eagles. And... Falcons struggled. I mean, that 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 uh, Eagles defense is awfully good. I didn't think Ryan played all that well. Um, they they did hit the the big play to who was it? The little fast dude, uh, Tyler Gabriel. And but other than that, there was there was no running game. Very little to hang your hat on on offense for the Falcons, which is extremely unlike them up until this point of the season. And it almost felt like the 2015 version of Julio and everybody else. And Julio did did what he does. I mean, he was great. Um, So that was a problem. But I didn't think Ryan uh, was all that accurate. There were some drops from his receivers, too. Fletcher Cox had a big game. Again, I mean, it's a really good defense. But um, a a huge key here, and I think this is kind of what we're going to see from the Eagles every week, and it's very Andy Reid Chiefs-like, is... First of all, I don't understand why Ryan Matthews was in the doghouse. I mean, I know that he's had some fumbles and all that, but I've been saying for weeks that he's obviously their best every down running back, and he looked great in this game. Their offensive line played really well in this game. Um, Atlanta's defense still is a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. Mix in a little bit of Wendell Small Wendell Smallwood as, as a change of pace guy. Uh, he did some good things. Darren Sproles didn't act as a running back as much as a receiving back. And he was kind of an extension of the running game, too. But Wentz was real efficient, did what was asked of him, you know, used his head and didn't have to throw a lot of deep passes. And his receivers aren't real good at that anyways. So if the Eagles can play this style of game and they dominated time of possession, uh, a lot of running, you know, success on the ground, short passing, 
play slow, keep Ryan and company on the sidelines, let Wentz direct traffic like a veteran, like an Alex Smith, really, um, with hope in the future that he turns into much more, which I think he will. Uh, and a really good recipe. You know, you keep that, that Eagles defense fresh, and they're an aggressive group. They were clearly the better team here. You know, Vic Beasley had two sacks. That was one guy I did want to mention from the, the Falcons' defense. Uh, he is emerging as a up-and-coming pass rusher, a guy to watch. He looks like he is um, you know, worthy of the first-round pick, much needed. I have a feeling Dwight Freeney has rubbed off on him quite a, you know, quite a bit. Eagles have a tough schedule the rest of the way, but this was a huge win. Really interesting division they're in. Um, Falcons, not they got lucky, but Carolina and New Orleans both lost in nail-biters at the end of the game. You know, heartbreakers. So Atlanta really wasn't hurt all that bad by this loss. So there you have that. The last game to discuss. How about them Tennessee Titans? That slip up against the Colts a couple weeks ago is big, but if it wasn't for that, I'd say easily this is the best team in that division, and I still pretty much believe that, although I think Houston can be a little bit better in the second half. They open up with a surprise onside kick, you know, kicking off to start the game. Didn't get it, and I'm sure everyone in the stadium's like, oh, no, you know, what did we just do? What did we give Aaron Rodgers? Just gave him a gift. Didn't matter. Um, got the ball back quickly after. Hand it to DeMarco Murray. He breaks off a long touchdown run, basically untouched. Next time they have the ball, DeMarco Murray throws a touchdown to Delaney Walker. Those two were stars today. Walker was phenomenal. Um, uh, Mariota is turning into a star. I mean, an absolute star. That doesn't surprise me. I've been a huge believer. I wasn't in love with his offensive situation, but the running game is very, very strong. We saw that today. Um, the offensive line is very strong. <laughs> Taylor Lewan got got ejected very early in this game, too. I mean, he's been playing as well as just about any left tackle out there. That didn't matter. Uh, Mariota started, he completed his first 10 in a row for 196 yards. <laughs> you know, and 100 of those yards in the, out of his first 10 passes went to Delaney Walker, who was just a total beast in this game. And it's halftime. It's 35-16 to 16 at the half. And the game's basically over. Um, really, really impressed with Mariota. Third downs. Red zone. He's always been really good in the red zone, too. And I'm going to write an article on that this afternoon. And I think a lot of it's just because he's a very quick processor of information. Gets it out quick. He's accurate. Um, some guys have a penchant for that. It's much more difficult than you would think. And he's, you know, that's very, very encouraging. But another huge key here is he didn't turn the ball over. Um, that's been a problem for him. Uh, he, he could be, quote, a fumbler. Uh, he needs to work on that this offseason. And he's really using his feet well. You know, he's a great athlete, and we know he's a running threat. But he doesn't use his feet that way. He uses his feet to throw, to set up the pass. And, man, I mean, you look at the Titans, big picture thinking, there's some good things going on here. And don't forget, they're going to have a lot of cap space again and a lot of draft capital. I mean, they had the first pick overall and they traded it. So they're going to get the Rams' first round pick. It could be an early one, too. You know, they have a lot of potential to add to this roster this offseason. But they also have a really good chance to win this division and go to the postseason and see what happens and get some valuable experience like that. And you look at the Packers and just an awful performance by the defense. Really, really bad. I mean, the run defense was. Harold is so good and it's it's falling apart. 
We know about the corner situation. Um, I wrote, just wrote an article about Devontae Adams saying he's one of the bright spots, and I think Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a very high level. Very little running game. They haven't had running backs. Jordy, I know Jordy had put up big numbers in this game. He caught 12 passes, um, but I don't think he's close to what he once was. I think Randall Cobb's an overrated player. And that kind of leaves Adams, and I like Adams a lot. And the, the bulk of the article is, before this year, Adams was better than you guys thought. You know, that he caught a lot of heat last year because he didn't step up with Jordy out and become the star and drop passes. But he played injured a lot last year, and I thought their, their, their offense in general was a perfect storm of bad things going wrong last year. And then this year, his numbers are really good, and I do like him, and I think he's improved, and he's better against man coverage, which is a huge problem for this team. But I don't think people need to start confusing him with Odell or Julio or Jordy in his prime. I, I hope that they look at this and say, we really need to find a speed receiver this offseason. And you pair that guy with, with Adams, now you're talking. You know, that I think he's not a complimentary player, but he's a low-end number one, more like a high-end number two receiver that's getting more production right now because the guys around him aren't what they used to be, and he is improving. But I'm not doing jumping jacks that he's, you know, a, a big stud, and him and Rodgers are going to, you know, go for 1,400 yards every year and 10 touchdowns and all those type of things. The Packers, unlike the Steelers, uh, to me, are more who, I th- you know, more who they really are. I mean, uh, th- to me, they're a very average team. Are they capable of greatness? I don't know. I think that ro- the more you look at that roster, the more I think it's overrated. The defense needs some help. Uh, again, there's not much speed on offense. Uh, I think they need to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Where I think you know the Steelers, are, just comparing the two because they're both sitting here at, at lesser records than we expected. Storied franchises with a lot of Super Bowl rings and all those good things. Where I think the Steelers are just... I, if one of these teams is to explode, I think Pittsburgh's the better of the chances of the two. But I think coaching needs to be doubted in both cases. Um, quarterbacks are strong. Uh, how well have they drafted and you know on both sides of the ball? Neither one of these teams brings in a lot in the way of free agency and you know those type of things. But um, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it. Yesterday was a phenomenal day of football, and we will dig into more of it tomorrow. Drop me a line on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Go check out Locked On Panthers, Locked On Titans, Locked On Chiefs, whatever you're into. And get back to me with some report on that, too. All right, and that will do it. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best sometimes it's ours sometimes it's not when the fox walks is it called a fox trot that's a real question compare progressive direct rates with competitors rates visit progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates comparison rates not available in all states or situations prices vary based on how you buy